This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast with the Solink Front of the House. And this is Franchise Today for Wednesday, July 17th. I'm Stan Friedman, and I'm coming to you from one of, if not America's penultimate capital cities of franchising, Atlanta, Georgia. You know, as those words leave my lips, I wonder if Daryl Johnson or Edith Wiseman at Fran Data might have some actual data on whether it's Colorado, Texas, Minnesota, or Michigan, or might it be, as I believe to be true, that my home base of Georgia actually lays claim to bragging rights for housing the largest number of corporate HQs for franchise brands in the country. Hey, if you've got any information in support of that question, please post it up on the Franchise Today Facebook page and remember to like us while you're there. Last week's episode proved to be another powerhouse interview with immense take-home value delivered thanks to Briggs Sorber, Two Men in a Truck co-founder and chief brand officer. Briggs' message was all about the culture of their iconic brand. This week, I was going to continue the discussion into the power of culture in franchising, but with a scheduling change that's been pushed back a week or so, as travel has interrupted our ability to speak today with Angela Cote, as originally planned. Angela is a second-generation franchising pro and consultant from the Pacific Northwest, and that doesn't mean Portland or Seattle, but actually further north than that, north of the border. In fact, she's from up in Vancouver, British Columbia. Angela comes from a powerful Canadian franchising family. And when she joins us next week, we'll talk about that and more about how her life growing up in franchising is, is so t- atypical of the people we speak with on a weekly basis. And as we will today with my good friend, Chip Baranowski. And instead of taking that look deeper into culture today, we're going to dive into franchise development, and we're going to talk about Fran Dev from marketing and lead generation to processes and procedures for managing a franchise pipeline, uh, managing a funnel and candidate management as well. We'll talk about all of that straight away when Chip Baranowski joins me here in just a few minutes. But first, in the front of the house, And speaking of Angela Cote and things Canadian, I noticed something on the franchising.com wire that particularly caught my eye. It was written by a great guy named Peter Cowell, and Peter is the president and chief operating officer of Sport Clips Canada, the master franchisor of of our favorite Texas-based Sport Clips International. And what he wrote was very, very, um, you know, overlooked sometimes, but things that are the small details that make the big differences between how you're doing when you're doing things that you think are okay and others might not agree. He's focused here on Canadianizing your U.S. offerings when you come into Canada. And even though Canada is just so feeling like you're still in the USA, there are a few pointers that Peter makes about working um, when you're working into Canada for development to work with franchise professionals who live there and understand the nuance 
I know oftentimes that I can read a book or a paperback written by a British author and I can tell that I'm seeing Zs where I think Ss ought to be. It's things like that that will make people feel a little aloof or pushed off. Also, sudden subtle differences in nuance in FDDs in Canada with the provinces and the way they lay out versus state regulations in a U.S. document that somebody in Canada probably just doesn't want to see. Uh, he also, Peter also talks about knowing and understanding some of those subtle differences, as well as some of the different things like the, the trade value in our currency. Things in Canada are going to be a lot more expensive. And the way DMAs, market areas, are designated and assigned much, much tighter up in Canada. And um, he just calls attention to the fact that these are subtleties that could make big differences and they're not big things to think through and think about if you're planning to embark on franchise development north of the border. May even ask Chip about that in just a minute. A little closer to home, also in the front of the house, I mentioned last week about my co-producer, my good friend, Ryan Hicks, and our good friend, um, Brad Fishman's and Sherry Fishman's son, Zach. They've embarked upon a modern business summer tour 2019. They've got a beautiful wrapped bus, and they are going to travel 45 days through 20 states and produce 50 podcasts and 30 vlogs with franchising professionals across the country. And this is quite an ambitious undertaking. Um, this week's calendar of interviews, I've just gotten this from Ryan off the wire. I mean, just this week alone, they opened up at Urban Air on, um, on Monday. And then yesterday, in one day, they did interviews, podcast interviews with Nothing Bunt Cakes, um, with Aslam Khan Falcon Holdings uh, in Dallas, Texas, they did interviews with Renta Center yesterday and with Ben Davis uh, at the Gents Place all in a single day. If that sounds like a lot, look at today's calendar of Fast Signs, um, Neighborly HQ with uh, several of their executives. Ryan did his own modern business podcast in between and then Sport Clips HQ. Uh, come on, that's all in one day. That's Dallas, that's Waco, that's Georgetown and Austin. Uh, these guys are going to be doing 45 days of this, pushing out of Texas into Louisiana, Baton Rouge, and New Orleans, uh, into Tennessee, here in Georgia, Florida, after that, both North and South Carolina, and up the East Coast through Virginia, the Mid-Atlantic, into Pennsylvania, the tri-state area of New York, back through Michigan, Illinois, Minnesota, Nebraska, Missouri, and through Oklahoma, back to Dallas. We'll get, maybe next week, Ryan and Zach to, if if possible, to um, you know, to chime in with us here on Franchise Today and give us an update on how that roadshow is is going down. Um, we're going to wrap up with today's birthdays and then bring on my guest Chip Aronowski. This week we wish birthday happy birthday wishes to semi-retired broker service representative extraordinaire Chris Schlaff from my ERA franchise days. The UK's David Tamali Sali the IFA's favorite Jack Nicholson impersonator and Twin Cities' own John Geenan celebrates this week. Florida's Tana Toronto, the franchise Mall's Art Wilding celebrates this week. The one and only Rocco Fiorentino turns 29 again. John Campbell at Long John Silver's celebrates, as does the legendary Bob Gappa, who turns 29 again and again. And I know I'm only kidding, Bob. I love you. Uh, happy birthday to you, Bob. Tudor Doctor's 
Tom Baldrick uh, celebrates this week, as does franchise attorney Joel Buckberg. And lastly, Karim Abdelrazek, franchise director at Sariso, Italian restaurant in Qatar. Happy birthday, one and all. I do hope that I've not missed anybody. Um, many happy returns and happy birthday to you all. And in just one minute, I'm going to be joined by this week's guest, Chip Baranowski. But first, this break. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle, providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online, and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball. But there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. And now, time to talk a little bit about Authority Brands, a leading franchisor of multiple franchise concepts focused on in-home services. Founded in 2017 and headquartered in Columbia, Maryland, Authority Brands supports more than 1,675 locations operated by 920 franchise owners in the U.S., Canada, and Latin America. Authority Brands is dedicated to supporting individual franchisee growth through providing strong marketing, technology, and operational support. Their brands include America's Swimming Pool Company, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, The Cleaning Authority, Home Watch Caregivers, Mr. Sparky Electric, Mosquito Squad, and One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning. So, who better than Chip Baranowski to head the franchise development charge with more than 25 years experience representing a diverse roster of market segments and brands rolling up to his current role. Prior to joining, rolling into authority, Chip spent the past three plus years doing the same for home watch caregivers, which now too is part of the authority portfolio. So Chip, I'd like to start by the way I do every week, asking our guests a little bit about how they found franchising. But first, my friend, let me welcome you to Franchise Today. Well, thank you very much, Stan, for uh, giving me the opportunity to be on your show as well and, and share a bit of my history as well as uh, what I've learned over 20 plus years in the franchise industry. And I'm sure we could take a whole lot more than an hour for that. But because we've got an hour and no more, we're going to try to move along at a pretty good clip at a 30,000 foot level. And all, as always, we'll give our audience an opportunity to check back in with you and maybe get a more personal conversation going um, following today's interview down the road. So, Chip, um, 
again, franchising is not intentional in most cases, unless you're born into it. Um, it finds us. We don't find it. So where were you when that happened and when might that have been? Yeah, so that was back in the in the nineties. Uh, I had actually my my fir- first career out of college was with a, a large transportation company called Rider Truck Rental, uh, and spent over twelve years there and uh, worked my way up the chain of command from customer service rep to traffic manager to uh, business development manager. So my first stint with working with entrepreneurs stand was really. Uh, working with small independent business owners and bringing a secondary business into their world uh, and showing them how they can bring this in and and drive more traffic into their locations and also uh, more revenue. Uh, So uh, I did that for over eight years and uh, decided after uh, 12 years, uh, wanted to get into something else um, and was fortunate enough to uh, get my opportunity in franchising. Like you said, uh, it wasn't planned by getting hooked up with a, a young brand called, and Sandy might even remember these guys, Nationwide Floor and Window Coverings, uh, a mobile floor and window coverings franchise. Our, our motto was, we brought the showroom to you. Um, back then, when I joined, uh, they had about five franchise owners at the time. Uh, I was actually their second employee, and Greg gave me the great opportunity to come on board and, and help him build the brand. Uh, over the course of the year and a half that I, I started with them, uh, we tapped into the broker network, which we're going to talk about here today, I'm sure, in lead gen, uh, as well as other avenues. And over that course of the year, uh, year and a half, we brought on uh, an additional 15 owners. We were growing very rapidly. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I didn't come with a lot of floor covering and franchise background. And as he was growing, we we just kind of parted ways. Uh, and then I ended up over at uh, Coverall of North America, uh, one of the leaders in um, janitorial services uh, I actually ran one of their corporate offices and uh, was hired as an assistant uh, director and was supposed to go through a two-year training program. And uh, one thing led to another six months into it. My boss got promoted and uh, got you know thrown into that position, which was a great learning experience for me. And then I got the entrepreneurial itch, um, got tired of working for other people and uh, became a franchise broker with uh, one of the groups that are out there today, FranNet. Um, and oh, uh, I think we, I think we're familiar with that little organization. Yeah, Jim. I think we are. And Jana and her group, and Howie Bassick, who was a great mentor uh, way back when, and uh, got the opportunity to run my own business uh, for four and a half years. And uh, I, I felt I learned a lot. I took more risks and uh, learned a lot more about the franchise industry and helping clients. But after four and a half years, uh, decided to get back into the world of franchising. Uh, my wife and I, uh, I'm a Midwestern native and wanted to move out West here and um, uh, thought it was a good time. My son was young enough and if we were going to make any major moves. So uh, we went out and looked for some opportunities, got hooked up with a young startup uh, in franchising, uh, in data backup. So familiar with uh, companies like Mosey or Carbonite, they tried to franchise it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, uh, young brand, uh, trying to figure it out, coming in and trying to lend my expertise. Unfortunately, it, it didn't work out uh, on the capital side. So got hooked up with a very well-established franchise company out of Utah called Unishippers, uh, which I'm sure, Stan, again, you're familiar with. Yeah, I uh, think we've they, heard of them too. Yeah, and uh, had been in franchising for a long period of time, had been out of selling franchises for over 12 years uh, and brought me on board to kind of revitalize and refranchise their brand. And so I came in and over the course of two and a half years to three years, uh, reinvigorated the franchise uh, 
processes and systems and their sales uh, funnel again. Uh, we were selling at that time when I left about 29 uh, to 30 new units a year after refranchising and, um, you know, got uh, hooked up with a, another company, was kind of a short stint. And then uh, prior to coming on with Homewatch, I spent uh, four and a half years with a, a young automotive brand con- called Honest One Auto Care. Uh, our motto was, is uh, we are family friendly, uh, honest mechanics, uh, not wanting to take advantage of anybody. Uh, when I started, there were three of us, uh, our, our president, uh, the COO and myself. And when we joined, there was uh, probably about 15 franchise owners. We we're generating just under uh, 20 million in total revenues. When I left four and a half years later, uh, we had over 54 units operating well over 65 million in revenues and still growing. Um, and then I got the opportunity to join a great company in HomeWatch Caregivers uh, as their uh, director, then director of franchise development to uh, kind of help reinvigorate uh, their uh, their franchise sales process. The Sauer family, which uh, has, had owned uh, HomeWatch for over 40 years, did a great job in growing it, but brought in a, a CEO that really wanted to help the the family position their business for an exit strategy, but also uh, to grow the brand as well. So I was given that opportunity uh, from Julie Smith, uh, a great mentor as well, uh, to get me where I am today. And then the rest is kind of history. The, the family was able to exit in 2017. Uh, we were uh, purchased by the, the private equity group that owned the Cleaning Authority, uh, which is another great iconic brand in, in the uh, residential cleaning business. And then shortly, uh, about a year later, 2018, our private equity group sold us again uh, to uh, our current private equity group, Apex Partners, which is the 14th largest global private equity group out there today. Um, and when they bought us in uh, September of last year, uh, they went out and helped us acquire uh, five more brands. And you kind of mentioned those uh, American Swimming Pools, Mosquito Squad. Um, and then the Clockworks brands, which has been, been Franklin Plumbing, Mr. Sparkery Electric, and One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning. And, and Stan, to tell you the truth, more to come. <laughs> well, I believe that, Chip. There's a, there's a whole lot of that going on as private equity continues to ratchet up into the franchising space. And I think franchising has gotten as competitive for private equity circling brands as, as franchise development for franchisors and prospects for their products and services as franchisees. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty competitive and, and very robust marketplace. But Chip, I believe with the length and depth of experience that you've brought and the different places and verticals that you have worked in, different um, different market segments, both um, as a broker as well as as a franchisor executive, you bring a, a wealth of information to the audience that I think is applicable to emerging brands. And in some cases, I think that there are commonalities between what an emerging brand or a mature brand would need to be doing, but maybe there are some differences too that you might point out along the way. Why don't we start? Because I'd like to chunk it off into some of the progressions of what takes place from the beginning to the end of a funnel. So Mm -hmm. there is no funnel until there's a lead and there are no leads unless there's marketing. Let's start a little bit with marketing and lead generation and talk about some of the things that you prescribe today. Yeah, it's changed, Stan, as you well know, so much in the last 20 years uh, with the advent of the internet. I mean, I go back to my days uh, at uh, Nationwide Floor and Window Coverings and 
even as a as a franchise broker way back when as well you know we didn't have the power of the internet i mean it was all about you know doing whether it was fairs or webinar or going in and running a hotel room or and doing presentations uh to um actually doing networking functions etc uh and then sending out uh, you know packets and uh, ufocs and it, it, it's changed and evolved so much with the advent of technology that there's not one source that that you need to focus on. A lot of a lot of different franchisors do, um, but again, I, what I've learned over time it's it's a well blended plan. Uh, you know, both online digital marketing. Um, I remember a good friend of ours, Joe Matthews, is one of the things that he was talking about way way back when, Stan, and you might even remember this is. You know, we, most franchisors back in the day we didn't want to didn't want to share their information, right? They wanted to have you engage them, and in order to get information, you had to do things for them, um, and that created a lot of uh, you know the the prospect wanted to learn the information, but we were hiding it so and guarding it so much, we there wasn't an engagement process. So you know, having a good website. I mean, we've spent a lot of money in generating. A website through a great partner of ours in Scorpion across all brands to one have a uh, you know a lot of information more information than a prospect could ever want because we want them to learn about us before they engage and with the with technology today if you're not putting the information out there where people can find it and read up on you and understand it uh, you know they're they're not going to engage as much and I want a well educated person when they come to me uh, so having that digital presence out there. Uh, getting your name out through pay, having a pay-per-click budget as well as using SEO. Um, and then it's uh, kind of the the boots on the ground in the sense of working with, uh, you know, good broker groups that can, you know, find those client candidates as well, because there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, franchise companies out there today looking for those clients. Um, and, you know, to have somebody that understands your business model really well and the type of clients that really fit your brand is so crucial and they can bring those people to you. Uh, it's a little bit more costly than the online side, but I think uh, as I've learned over time and, and we're instituting here at uh, Authority Brands is more of a blended approach and not putting all our eggs in one basket. Because again, if you do, if that basket kind of has a, maybe there's a hiccup in the economy or something that uh, that lead source could dry up. So, so Chip, what would you prescribe? I mean, Obviously, um, a brand that is more emer- a brand that is emerging is looking for fewer franchisees than you know an iconic brand that's got a team of people and mm-hmm. budgets. Obviously, are going to be a little bit different looking as well. But if we talked in terms of a percentage of spend, what would you prescribe percentage wise? Digital versus something else like shows or expos or or more traditional print or things like that. Yeah. How do you view that? Yeah, I, I would say, and again, I've worked for a lot of emerging brands. Uh, I'll just use Honest One Auto Care. I mean, really, one of the things we did is we really wanted to create that digital platform and visibility, uh, not only for, for us in FranDev, but across our franchise owners as well, as when somebody was looking to get their car repaired, they wanted to be able to go online and find that and gather information. And we really focused on Yelp reviews as well. So for young emerging brands that are just starting out, I, I think a good, uh, you know, if I had it, if I, if it was my business one, I would invest really uh, having a good solid website with a lot of information on my, 
on my brand and, and my my concept, and then really work with that same guru and um, optimizing visibility out there because again, that's where people are going today. Um, it's not like way back when, San, when you know you did a bunch of shows. Uh, you know, not that shows aren't prevalent uh, prevalent for some brands out there today. I think most people are going out there and they're searching the web, trying to find opportunities out there. And if they can't find you and you're not on those top pages, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. Um, so I think and- we all agree that in today's world, uh, unlike in years gone by, in today's world, whether a lead is finding you from a show or from a, a URL on a napkin that says franchises available, or you've done some social or digital advertising. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great, you'd agree with me that today nobody's coming to you and raising their hand and self-identifying unless you have provided enough content on your franchise development's public facing website to induce them into a conversation. Is that what you're saying, Chip? Yeah. Yeah. Again, you have to, they have to have a compelling reason, you know, on the home watch side, on the, on the home care side, it's a, it's a very booming industry. Um, but again, you know, a lot of people really don't understand what our business is. They, they think, wow, I want to, I want to get into this, uh, the senior care industry because the baby boomer generation is going to be growing at a rapid pace right now. But, you know, do they really know all about it? And are they willing to engage us in phone conversations? Well, no, because they're, they're wanting to do some research on it. So to have that on your website, or they might see as well connected to LinkedIn or Facebook because we're doing a lot of advertising and using a lot of marketing dollars there to educate the uh, the different avenues, whether it's LinkedIn, because there's a lot of business professionals out there like you and I uh, that have uh, our, our profiles out there and we're educating people and we're experts in our industry to even Facebook today has become a big area where you can dig into uh, certain geo-targeted areas as well as uh, you know, uh, what type of roles they have, what incomes they make, and really be able to follow and target those. And even YouTube today, it's just, Stan, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I'm on YouTube, there's commercials out there. Um, sure. And it's for all sorts of products and services. And I see that as another avenue that as we continue to go forward, that franchising is going to come in. And whether it's a 10-second spot or a 15-second spot, uh, you're going to get your name out there and create a uh, a, a person that's going, wait, well, wow, that, that sounds like something I want to go and look into a little bit more. And then they go to your website and you got to have that information there. Chip, do you invest in, in marketing to people that are, do you invest only in people that you're trying to bring into the funnel or on the front end of the funnel, or do you invest in messaging to keep engagement that might not be controlled by you, but Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, dropping banners on some, you know, remarketing and cookies, things to keep yourself in front of candidates that are in different stages of your funnel and your pipeline. What do you do, or if anything, to promote and keep them refreshed that way as well? Yeah. So much like what you do on uh, for our franchise owners on the consumer side, we do on the Fran Dev side in regards to things like retargeting. So they come to our website, they look at a few pages, we capture their their information and we follow them around, uh, whether it's on LinkedIn or through banner ads, say might go, uh, we've done some advertising as well on biz by sell because people that typically go to that website today, 
are looking to purchase a business, but they might not be able to find a business uh, in their market for sale that fits them. And uh, they might be intrigued at looking at a, a new startup as well. And then once they, they've engaged us, it might not be the right time. We, we continue to, uh, on a monthly and quarterly basis, send emails out to people that have engaged us in the past. Because Stan, as you already, as you well know, sometimes we are, we start looking at a, an opportunity, but something happens in our life. Maybe, uh, an illness in the family, uh, maybe that job that comes along that they weren't expecting comes along, or maybe the, the spouse isn't, engaged and feel comfortable with that. But that doesn't mean somebody that talks to you today, six months from now, a year from now. In fact, I had a candidate way back when it was over two years from the first engagement that I had with them. But because I kept engaged with him by sending him out emails, making a phone call every six months or so, uh, he actually, this story was is his wife, uh, once he started looking, came down with stage four cancer and he put everything on hold and uh, she had passed away, and um, after he had settled everything, he was ready to move forward, and he bought a uh, actual an area development from me uh, almost two years from our first initial engagement. So you, you you have to get them on the front end, but you also have to cultivate them later on because, again, somebody that comes to you today might not be ready to buy or ready to start a business, but they might be in the future. Chip, what about today's world with unemployment as low as it is? Um, you know, a few years ago, you were competing with other brands, perhaps in your market sector or at your price point. Mm-hmm. You just brought it up a moment or two ago. This this time of the season, if you will, the way the unemployment rate is, is virtually zero, you're not only competing with each other in the Fran Dev space, but are you not also competing with employment recruiters? And how do you market to that? Uh, yeah, again, it's it's just it's how we market it is what what is the end game and what's your future looking like today okay because again it's a lifestyle typically people get into business today uh, because they want to want one want to have more control over their life but two is they want to build a lifestyle for the future um, and while a job is there and it's immediate income it's maybe benefits and a 401k plan is it really going to get them to where they want to go five years from now? Are they going to have more control over their life? Are they going to have the lifestyle that they want? And really talking to them not more about what's happening right now in their life, but looking about what's in in the future for them if they decide to get it. For instance, the cleaning authority. Again, been in business for well over 22 years. I mean, 60% of our franchise owners stand our MBAs, people that with high levels of education that have gotten into a residential cleaning business and built a lifestyle. Uh, they're, you know, summering over in Europe. Uh, they're wintering in the Bahamas. They, they built it over time where, yes, they're, they're still involved in their business and they play an active role, but they built a lifestyle where it's not dependent on them every day. And when they are ready to exit the business, uh, as, as we all look with the end in mind, right? I'm buying a franchise today, but what's the end in mind when I'm ready to sell? If I position it well where I'm not reliant fully on the business, my value uh, in multiple increases uh, exponentially when they're ready to do it. Gotcha. All right. We're going to take another short break. And when we come back, I want to get into processes and procedures so that we can talk about how you manage all of these leads that you need to generate in order to get your, your goals for the year met. We'll be taking that quick break. And coming right back to talk about that and a whole lot more with Chip Baranowski, Vice President of Franchise Development 
for authority brands. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. Franchise Today is produced and presented each week by FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM enables real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and their prospective and existing franchisees. This empowers your team to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all communication to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified too with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored using FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and archived in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. There are no long-term contracts required. Multiple upgrades are offered each year at no additional cost. No excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. It's kind of funny how that question about processes and procedures kind of fell into line there, isn't it, Chip? <laughs> yes, it is. I was just thinking about that while I was listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's hard to have this conversation and and you know not talk about the need for processes. Whether you are an emerging brand and you don't yet need software, you do need a structured licensing system to get to the place where you ultimately will. Is that not correct? Yeah, yeah. And I've learned that over the twenty plus years in, in franchising and. And early on, what what processes you take people through and educating them and how that's all laid out. It, it's all about engagement uh, with the client on a, on a regular basis and getting them the information you, they need as well as you getting to know them a little bit more and being able to track that and having a system in place. And again, I go back to my early days, Stan, when you know, there wasn't the, the software or when I was a consultant you know, using uh, the old ACT database. I mean, that was my lifeblood, you know, being able to track every person that I spoke to, where they were in the stage, conversion rates, um, you know, where were people dropping out of the process, um, you know, was really crucial. And uh, and to be able to remarket to those people that came to you one day and decided that it's not the right time, but, uh, you know, maybe six months later or a year later, they were ready to to pull the trigger because they got laid off again or something else happened in their lives. Uh, so having that, I, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say when I used to sell franchises, I used to call that category, the no for now yep. category. Yep. Yep. <laughs> no for now. But you know, I, I, I say, as I tell every client, even today is the door never closes. What, where you go through this process today, you might find that it's not the right time in your life to make it, but we never close the door because who knows what's going to happen six months, a year from now. Sure. Uh, but if you if you burn bridges and, and you just say, well, you didn't want to do business with me, forget it. You know, that's not the right way to do it. And who knows? You, I always ask for referrals at the end. If it's not a right fit, hey, maybe you know somebody that might uh, like my model. And if you do, would you mind, you know, passing on my, my information to them as uh, a possible uh, owner? So whether you are a mature brand using software or whether you are an emerging brand and you're just coming out of the gate, 
the one constant common denominator I'm taking as a nugget is you must have a uniform system for communicating and tracking mm -hmm. and bringing everybody through just like a car wash. Um, you know, the water comes first. If, if, if soap came before the water, we'd probably know that there was something out of, out of space, out, out of whack. Something's not being done right. But in development, I think we have to do the same thing. We have to come up with a structured system that everyone goes through so that you have a baseline to create metrics and KPIs and know which ones of your candidates are leaning in and which ones might not be doing what they should be doing and how the outcome is going to look four or six weeks later as the result. Is that correct? Yeah, and it's really about, as part of your process, setting the expectation after every call. I think, you know, anybody that's investigating a franchise today, when they've gone out there, whether it's uh, on, online somewhere or through a consultant group or whatever, when they get on the line with a franchise development person right away, they hear the word sales. And that's kind of a, a negative, you know, put my guard up. You know, it's the Kirby vacuum salesperson that's coming in and not leaving until I sell you a vacuum mentality. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not what it's all about. A good franchise system out there today is, yes, they want to engage people, but they also not only are is the prospect evaluating us as a company and whether it's a right fit for them, we're evaluating them as a good fit for our culture and our system and taking them through that defined process. Uh, whatever that is, and setting that expectation up front, and this is what we're going to do. And at the end, of, at the end of the fit, at the end of the line, this is what's going to happen. Either we're moving forward or not. Uh, really, kind of puts people at ease um, in knowing that uh, I'm not on a phone call with this sales guy, uh, and they're going to before they hang up, they're going to have me sign a piece of paper and pay a large fee. So once you're able to, you know, lay that out up front and that goes with, you know, how you have it laid out in your CRM system or yes. And I will give Stan a plug. Yes, we use FRM uh, at Authority Brands and we use a candidate gateway where we're able to engage the candidate through a discovery process where there are uh, presentations, there are PDFs, there are videos, there are questions after each uh, each uh, conversation that we have with them, it shows their level of engagement, excitement, but also much like with any franchise system out there for us is, are they following the process? That's what franchising is all about. McDonald's didn't get to be McDonald's today by not following processes and systems. And this is a good way to gauge a candidate as they go through if they're engaging you in these different aspects. And that's not to say that every franchisor has to, again, use software. No. It's not to say that every franchisor has to have a process that's the same as yours, Chip, mm -hmm. or someone else's. But I do think that what they must all do is have a process and use that process accordingly with each and every candidate that you bring through a similar set of circumstances. And I say that because you may have single and multi-unit development as part of your offerings, um, a single unit operator who's buying his first franchise, you probably need to communicate with a little bit differently than you might with somebody who's already flying a couple of flags of somebody else's brand. And you're not going to be as uh, remedial or a compliant type selling with that person. So help the audience understand how that looks and what the difference is and what you do wind up doing if you don't do that. 
Well, again, as, as I've learned over many, many years too, and you hit it right on the spot, Stan, every person that's coming to you is a little bit different and where they are. And what I try to instill in my sales team, which I've learned over time is, you know, we can't put everybody in a box. Uh, an owner that uh, a person that comes to us that uh, has a, a lot of years of experience in franchising, but, you know, we, we need to get educate them, but we need to educate them in a much different way than somebody that's never gone out there and done it. So we do adapt our style. And what I've learned, especially too, is as time progresses, even changing the way you're doing it, you always have to look at it and say, how can I simplify things a little bit more on the engagement side? Because Stan, I think you can agree, we're all so very busy today. And to get all parties on the phone at the same time, uh, you know, whether, you know, it's the, the husband who's making the decision, but we always want to have engagement from the spouse because they're part of the decision-making process. Um, you know, that's sometimes really hard. So how do we simplify things where they can still get the same information, but provide it to them in a, in a different form? So one of the things we're doing at the, the cleaning authority, which we're going to morph into our other brands too, is, you know, we're still going to have the engagement process. We're going to tweak it up a little bit by providing them with recorded presentations uh, of our different brands. So, you know, we have an initial conversation and then we'll send the webinar to them and say, so Stan, take some time, review this, and then let's schedule a follow call to answer your questions and go into a little bit more depth. Giving them a little bit more control right in the process, looping their spouse in. They don't have to wait for their spouse to get home or to schedule a weekend call with us, they can actually do it on their own time and own pace. Um, and those people that really want to move through the process quicker, uh, they have that ability too. And those people that want to maybe take a little bit more methodical approach, uh, they have that flexibility as well. So I think, and, and then using the different forms of media to communicate with them, whether it's you know the, the, the standard pick up the phone and have a conversation. Uh, we use a lot of video calls now. Uh, to engage your clients. It's nothing like sitting across from a, a candidate on, on a Zoom uh, video conference and they can see you, you can see them. There's actually, instead of just a voice, but they can see a human being behind there, um, as well as uh, using emails and texting, uh, you know, because again, we're, we're so busy today. You know, emails are, are not as immediate as a text message that comes through. And if that's their prefer, uh, preferred method of communications, why don't we utilize that with their permission? So especially as the younger generation is coming in, uh, you know, mm -hmm. we're seeing more and more uh, younger people coming in through their families. In fact, we did a deal in, in Texas recently where it was a father and a daughter uh, getting into a business and they bought two territories and, uh, you know, being able to communicate in that form or fashion and getting those information. Again, if we're not open, and again, I go back to the early days, Stan, when I was a when I was a consultant that, you know, when the Internet came out, everybody's going, no, no, we can't do the Internet. We got to do it the old school way. Right. <laughs> right. And the people that took the, the new route and on the Internet and wanted to go out there and, and get out there and communicate and build websites and give information, they were ahead of the curve. And uh, even as a, you know, a, a 57 year old development person, I, I love technology. And if you're not using it in communicating with your clients and prospects, you're losing out on it. Well, and that brings me to the last thing I want to touch on in the time we've got left, Chip, because this is high tech and mm -hmm. high touch. And I don't think that franchise development will ever be 100% of either. I think you've got to have high tech and high touch working in tandem 
especially when we we're in a business of bringing people into, you know, 10 and 20 year relationships. Yeah. So the last thing I want to ask about when I was still in development, um, I was a big fan of discovery days. A lot of brands later morphed into uh, decision days, putting those get face to face meetings toward the end of the process instead of upfront at the beginning. Mm -hmm. What's your take on discovery slash decision days? Do you do them? Which one do you do? And how important is it for you to to lay eyes if you do them on somebody face to face, not just through a shared screen on a Skype call or something yeah. like that? So we call them meet your team days uh, across the authority brands right now. Um, and we're actually going through an evaluation because some brands, I think you still need to do those, Stan, because for instance, like home watch caregivers, we're, we're in the, definitely in the people business. We're in the caring business. Uh, a lot of people that get into, into the home watch business model are, are, are people that come out of, of very successful corporate careers, but you know, their, their big pull to the, the home care industry is not that it's not just a solid, really good business model is that, you know, it's more of a, I want to, I want to make a difference in my community. I want to be able to make impacts. And that's more of a personal touch where bringing them into our, our offices in Greenwood Village and meeting with our team. One of the things that Paul did, our founder uh, at Meet Your Team Day, when we start the day out, we bring every, per, every staff member in to the conference room and we surround the candidate. And uh, it's kind of welcoming to our family. Uh, but it's also they get to meet every single person and put a put a face with a name and a voice that when if they do decide to come on in, they, they understand the people behind the scenes that are supporting them in that. Uh, where there are other brands that, you know, they're OK. I mean, you know, we're looking at some of the different brands like Mosquito Squad, great brand, great business model. But, you know, we're looking at possibly changing that up where it's more of a virtual because, again, with travel schedules and getting people on planes, um, you know, is that something where, you know, not that the relationship is important, but we do a virtual where we do it through Skype or through Zoom. So I think you have to be flexible. Uh, you have to look at your business model. Uh, I think for emerging brands coming in, I think it's really important for a, a prospect to be able to visually see the people and meet them and visualize the support and the people that they're going to be buying behind. When you get into the bigger brands, uh, I think it's still important. Um, but you as a, as a development team really need to look at, uh, is it slowing up the process from finding a good owner that wants to move forward? And maybe we're putting a roadblock in front of them in, in order for that to make it happen. Well, in my in my view, a lot of things in life change, but the need to see somebody and, and even break bread with them, there is a whole lot you learn uh, that you're not going to get on a Skype or a go-to-meeting call about somebody's behavior and how you can expect them to, when they let their guard down a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, how are they going to perform? Um, and it's not, again, it's not a must-do, and it's no. not a, that it, everyone has to, but I was curious as to where it is in your process, if it's done at all. And it makes sense to me, as you indicate, that across your brands, it possibly makes more sense in some cases than in others. And we're going to continue to look at it. And we, it, it, like you said, with Breaking Bread, it's even going out um, as the, the franchise development team. Maybe it's the 
the the franchise sales manager or the or myself as a VP and, and go into market and meet with those people as well uh, to you know break bread. And again, I learned so much. We when we have our meet your team days, if the candidate can make it in the night before, we always I always like to take them out uh, for just a social dinner, just because we spend a lot of time on the phone over the weeks. But it's nice. You know, maybe it's my Midwestern upbringing, Stan. It's just nice to sit across from somebody <laughs> and have a nice dinner together and, and just chat about lives and families and, and where we're going. So uh, it, it goes a long way. I'll throw one more nugget out for emerging franchisors. Um, and this was important for me when I was, I was an emerging franchisor and competing with some much larger players in my space. I used to encourage my prospects to take a walk around the floor during breaks, don't just listen to the talking heads, mm-hmm. but go chat it up to people in the cubicles. Those are the people you're going to be talking with every day, a hundred thousand or a hundred or a thousand miles away from our corporate HQ. Um, get a taste and flavor of how happy they are working for us. Because if they're not happy working for us, how are they going to feel about supporting you way out there? So rule number one is you shouldn't be franchising unless you've got a team of people that are already, you know, on board and loving you and your business concept. Your employees must be in harmony to to be able to support franchisees and then give access to those people that are the hourly people or the people that are in the support positions that may not be the talking heads. But any one of those conversations could be a deciding difference between how a prospect feels about your brand. Uh, based on a conversation he had in the hallway with somebody that makes, you know, less than we do, maybe on an hourly or a weekly basis, but plays a vital and important role in supporting your franchisees. Chip, in the time we've got left, I always wait for this portion of the interview to ask my guests, what have I not asked you that you wished I would have, if anything at all? I think we covered a lot in the time we had here today, Stan. But again, I, I think it, you know, for any any good franchisor out there, whether you're an emerging or as we're grow as we've grown into authority brands and will continue to grow, really building that culture, the culture, your mission, your vision. You know, as as people are looking at at investing in your opportunity, they're looking for that 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 purpose, that passion, that culture. That's why when I when I interview potential salespeople that are going to come on. It's not a judge just selling, but they got to be excited about us. Uh, they got to be excited about our brand. And when they get on the phone with that candidate, is you know they believe in it. And and one of the reasons, one of the things when I came on board with HomeWatch over my many years in franchising, it wasn't about how much money I could make, but really was it a cultural fit for me? And can I get excited every day? I got to believe in what I sell. I got to believe that the support team behind the 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 team that what we're talking about are going to support those people every day and deliver on it because we're, 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 we're bringing people into a business that most people don't do that never, never live that dream, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be a cultural fit and a passion fit. And if you don't have that, it's going to be a, a long haul. So when you're looking at hiring staff, not just to hire them, to do a job, but is it an overall cultural fit for them and for you? Because that's really going to help grow your, your, your business. And I saw that in the small emerging brands I was in, as well as the mature ones I've worked with in the past. So, Chip, give the audience a heads up on how they can find you if they'd like to further the conversation. 
what would you recommend? Again, you know, uh, you can go to authoritybrandsllc.com, uh, which is uh, all our brands. Uh, again, the, the the seven brands that we currently own and operate are Home Watch Caregivers, The Cleaning Authority, Mosquito Squad, American Swimming Pools, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, Mr. Sparky, and One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning. You can go to their sites as well. Uh, if you want, you can go on to LinkedIn as well and, and go to my profile and and click in there. Um, and as as you well know, Stan, and, and and we've shared a lot of best practices on the development side. If you're a development person that just wants to share best practices, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me as well. I always tell people there are no hide, hidden secrets out there uh, as we talk and engage as times change. Chip, can't thank you enough for carving out an hour and spending some time with the audience and dropping some nuggets along the way. It's been a real pleasure having you here, my friend. No, and I appreciate it as well, Stan, and, and to your listeners as well. Next week on Franchise Today, I will be joined by the aforementioned Angela Cote, a franchise growth catalyst who's been both on the franchisor and franchisee side of the franchise relationship. Her family founded the iconic Canadian franchise brand M&M Meat Shops, a successful coast-to-coast company that grew to almost 500 locations and has won multiple business awards and distinctions across Canada. Today, Angela helps emerging franchisors reach their growth goals faster, as well as having a lot of fun along the way with an organization called Cultivate Advisors. She'll share some nuggets with us from growing up inside a franchise family and tell us how she works with those emerging brands today, all coming up next week on Franchise Today. Until then, remember to subscribe to our Franchise Today podcast at Blog Talk Radio. Download us from iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or virtually any place that podcast libraries are found. Even ask Alexa to play the latest version of Franchise Today and like us on Facebook. I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising. And until next week, Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.